It's on! Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, this is bad. Okay, well, that was very anticlimactic for everybody. Welcome back to another installment of The Covert Show. And if you guys couldn't tell, I didn't have a can today. I decided that, you know what, it would be fun to drink one of the Oktoberfests that I have in my fridge. Because, you know what, it is October 19th as this is going to be recorded. This is episode 40 of The Covert Show, and we're just having some fun here. And we are going solo once again this week. It is Nick. Sorry for that little ASMR. Didn't mean to do it. I know some people are not big ASMR fans like myself, but we are back with another episode. And last week, the last two episodes that we've had Kenny Wexler on the good old podcast, Dr. Jack is not joining us. We had a little bit of a late thing. JC and I were going to hop on the show. We had a couple of scheduling conflicts, so we are hoping to get back next week. We're trying to get back on the ball. Scheduling is hard. I was out hunting tonight. He's got work, and that's just kind of mixing in between. And you know what? I film for the hunting industry, and for those people who understand the hunting industry and who understand the idea of a female deer, a doe, a deer, a female deer, haha, please don't copy, or please don't hit us with a copyright strike. But anyways, for those of you who truly understand hunting, does can be the bane of your hunting existence. And, and let me let me put this to you. We love does because they produce young bucks. They produce, they produce new offspring. They give us more deer to be able to go out and harvest and be able to eat and just be able to, you know, enjoy the outdoors. Sometimes they wreck cars. So if you've been hit by a deer or if you've hit a deer, I feel for you because that, that can be traumatizing. But also if you're a hunter and you've experienced a doe and just by... I'm, I'm going to go with, she. she's a little, she's a little bit pissy. Or she just thinks that something is up. Oh, they can be so annoying. Tonight, we were sitting in the tree with my, me and my boss, and all of a sudden, two fawns that I had, we had no idea were there, just randomly appeared. David Blaine said, poof, deer appear. Well, they just start scurrying around next to us, and lo and behold, walk out behind this little pine tree. And from my stand that I was standing in, it was maybe 10, 15 yards. It wasn't that far. It was like right next to me. Two of them pop out and decide that they want to adventure over and sit and play right underneath us. I mean, they, they're just bouncing around being all fun. They're trying to figure out what the heck is going on because something doesn't smell right. But they didn't know from heaven or hell what the hell was going on. So anyways... All of a sudden, there was more deer showing up in the field that we were hunting, and they were sitting out there, and, you know, they were all does. But they decided to show up right as dark, or right as, like, shooting light was stopped, or, like, being done, running out. So, anyways, this one doe decides she wants to venture over to see what these fawns are doing. She proceeds to walk behind us, and is, again, 15 yards from the stand. Two more come up and join her and say, oh, we want to have a party over here. What's going on? They're literally standing there staring at us, not knowing what the heck is going on, just milling around back behind us for a solid 20 minutes. We couldn't move. My The stand that I was in was creaking hard. It was creaking like just a just a wood floorboard that just has not been glued down properly and everything like that. But I, I probably could have came up with a better analogy. I decided to keep it PG. That's not what this show is known for, but I, I tried. I tried, everybody. So, but this 
freaking deer was standing there and I couldn't move. And I was trying to get some film. I got some for the Instagram story for uh, my, my work company. But then as I'm sitting there and looking down, I'm like, okay, they need to move. I keep hearing her stomp back behind me, stomping her foot. And I'm like, oh, gosh, she's going to blow. And what that means for those who don't know what the hunting industry is, when a doe sees something or smells something, their warning sign is to just go, I don't know why. For some reason, that's what they do. And it's blowing, and you know what? The doe blows. This one decided that she wanted to wait with this whole entire group to get out, see my boss's car, take two looks back at the spot where she just was, and say, okay, I freaking hate this. Just, I was like, oh, I had like a little camera recording up uh, up top in front of us, so hopefully it caught him walking behind. It was going for 20 minutes. We could not legitimately move for 20 minutes. My feet were kind of hurting because I, I just couldn't move because the stand was going to creak. And so, lo and behold, if you hunt and you, you've experienced a doe just being a little bit pissy or just being stupid, that's what happens. So anyways, after my long tirade, we are back for another episode. And after that, I'm going to take a swig here. We're back in the office, back in back in Winterset. Great news. Brand new news for anybody else who is not sure of my whereabouts. So I'm currently going to, I'm going to move. I'm going to move in with my girlfriend and one of our friends. Moving up the road to Indianola. So that's only about a 20-minute jaunt from where I am now. But my office is about to be heavenly, ladies and gentlemen. Once I start getting it all set up, kind of by the end of November, I'll have to show it up on the podcast and I'll, or on the Instagram for the Covert Show and just be like, yo, welcome to my crib, MTV. Okay, you know what? It's going to happen. I'm looking to try to get some LED strips and kind of make it cool. Everybody's like, oh, you're a fat boy, LEDs. It's like, no, it's an office. I'm an editor. I'm a media creator. Yes, it's so cliche to have LEDs, but it's like, I want some style. Because right now my office is really, really bland. My comfy chair got taken out because we moved that out. My couch got moved out because we moved that over there. But right now I just have my bookshelf as my backdrop. And you guys can't see it. But I've got a bookshelf. It's a, it's a wood bookshelf. It's got all my college hats on it, like Texas, the Raptors, even though that's NBA. It's got my Broncos hat on it. It's got all of these hats from like when I played baseball, Nebraska stuff, everything like that. It's got all my movies up there. It's got a deer antler that I found last year. It's got my two senior gifts from college. And then I've got my big big ass Cubs W flag behind me because go Cubs go. It's got Herbie Husker behind me as well and then two file cabinets. It's nothing special. But it gets the job done and I love it. Oh, and I have my turkey fan for my turkey that I shot last year. A little bit of a dive into Nick's history and kind of what he does. Um, also just kind of a little bit of a dive into Nick as I am as a person, but my new office is going to be sick. I'm going to, I'm going to try to soundproof it as well. Get some, some of those soundproof pads. So if you guys want to fund some stuff, hit us up with the covert show and be like, yo, we got you with some soundproof padding. Just kidding. I can do that myself, but it would be appreciated. Nonetheless. So anyways, there was a lot of talk last week with me and Kenny just about, you know, sports because we love to talk about sports, and this show talks about everything. Well, I'm here to tell you that we're going to talk about sports again, but we're going we're gonna to dive into a little bit of music, because, and this is the one thing, so RC, he hasn't been on the show for a while, but we talked about country music one time on a podcast, and so I recently just found a song 
by Chase Beckham. If you guys haven't heard it, the song is called 23. It's really fun. For everybody that says you don't have a 23 song, well, now you do. It's probably not the best 23 song because it does talk about drinking. But, I mean, hey, what else, what, else, what else do you do? And, I mean, drink responsibly. Drink responsibly. I'm not telling you to go become, just dive into the, the good old sauce. But, no, drink responsibly. Drink with friends. Drink with everybody that you love and appreciate if you like doing that. If you don't like drinking, just go out with those people and just experience experience them. Or if you're just kind of turning on to a new, or turning into a new 21-year-old and everything like that, make sure you understand what you try. I'm kind of a big, I'm a big whiskey guy. I like my whiskeys. I like my beer, obviously. We do that almost every show. Um, and I'm, I'm basically kind of an everything guy. I will, if you give me kind of an alcohol in front of me, I'll try it just to see if I like it. Usually I pretty much do. I don't think there's been one alcohol that I don't thoroughly enjoy. I don't know if that's good or bad. I mean, I haven't tried gin. Gin is like the only one that I really haven't tried. I've tried some brandies. Those are okay. But gin is the only thing that I really haven't tried. That it, It's weird. It's the only thing I haven't tried, I think, unless I, I, I really go back into it. But if you like mixed drinks, find find the mix that you like. If you're, if you're on a date, if you have a girlfriend, or if you have a partner, I guess. It, um, the, 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 the whole thing is especially now during fall for, for all the ladies, not to be the stereotypical person, but the ladies enjoy fall. Guys love fall for football, for baseball, and hunting. Girls love fall for the aesthetic. They love the they love the cozy blankets, the, the fall leaves, and all that stuff. Everything is what I've seen off of TikTok. I do have a girlfriend. She loves fall for the same thing of the candles, the warmth, of everything like that. So please, nobody just come straight out at me and be like, wow, you're stereotyping. I'm not trying to. It, it, it's just a thing. Guys have their interest in the fall. Girls have their interest in the fall. But anyways, for example, Oktoberfest, a fall beer. I have that. So, the other, the, the biggest thing, where was I going with this rant? Oh, yeah, sorry. For everybody who thinks, oh, you've got the, the 21, you've got Taylor, you've got the Swifty year of birthday songs. What, what can I listen to for 23? Well, if you like country, listen to Chase Beckham. He's got a song called 23. Also, Hardy released uh, three new songs off of a, a new album coming out. Four, technically. But he released one earlier. The song's called Jack. It, it's kick-ass Hardy. If you like Hardy's rock style, you're going to love Jack. Because it just it gets your head banging. It, it kind of gets you feeling like, okay, you know what? I've got friends and stuff. But sometimes you just need a drink, and that, that's where you go. There's also a song that he got, or he's got, it's called Here Lies Country Music, just kind of throwing it back to all the good old days of country, just listening off some songs and kind of where country music has gone from the past to now. Because it, it's kind of a contemporary country. I mean, if you really take a look at it, country itself has kind of evolved away from all of the stuff that it had of old. Um, a lot of the steel guitars, just like the normal, normal country style thing, and now it's become kind of more of a pop, and it really is mostly about just kind of picking up a girl in a sundress, um... Uh, Drinking, obviously, chilling down a red dirt road, all that kind of stuff, driving. But, I mean, sometimes it hits you, and you need to feel like that because, you know what, that's that, that's what it's for. If you're a country music, if you're a classic rock fan, you love headbanging. If you're a metal fan, you love headbanging. If you love EDM, by God. Kenny, Dr. Jack, is a, is a big EDM fan. He lives in Vegas. That was the one thing that he came to college with. He goes, dude, I love EDM. And I like some EDM songs. Sometimes it's a little too much techno. But if you like all that EDM stuff, you love banging your head to it, you love doing this, you have your own types of music, and when it gets you, 
for me, yes, it is driving down a, down a country road, listening to the country. It's the fall, it's country, it's hunting season, all that stuff. I love doing it. And so then he's also got a song called Truck Bed where he talks about kind of getting something with his girls um, or he's breaking up with his girl, I guess, or whatever. Woke up, a little hungover, all that good stuff. It's a good song as well. It's kind of a little bit more of the pop country stuff. Then he gets into a rock, so it's kind of a mix. Then he's got one called The Mockingbird and the Crow. This one is definitely interesting. It's two songs wrapped into one. It's like five, five, six minutes long. But the song bounces from The Mockingbird of being the person that is singing the same stuff in country music, singing the same stuff in music itself, and then taking it on his own spin, which is The Crow, and being different. So it's a really, really, really cool cool new album that he's released sorry i am texting edit it sorry doing stuff but anyways hardy has released a lot of new music he's he's one of my favorite artists at the moment um ian munsick i talked about him once on a podcast he's really good i like him he's very different on the kind of country style genre otherwise for me i like all types of music i like being being that guy you can rely on for, it's like, oh, do you like this? It's like, yeah, I like a couple of songs here and there. If you like hard rock, I like hard rock. If you like classic rock, I love classic rock. If you like just today's hits, I do that too. But then again, I think everybody everybody does. And sorry, my, my girlfriend is talking about something that she is doing for one of her her teams. And it's in regards to downloading music. So I'm trying to figure that out as well. But, so, as we go along, not a lot of new movies came out. Or not, there's new movies coming out. The new Avatar movie comes out um, here in a little bit. And that's going to be another three-hour movie from James Cameron. But, oh my gosh, am I excited for that. Big blue people walking around. But it's going to take place mostly, like, in water. Like, from everything that I've seen from the trailer, it's going to be, like, water-based. And I'm so excited for that because, like, Pandora is its whole planet that just has not been explored yet. Like, they explored a little bit in the, the original movie. But I'm excited. They're going to explore more of it. Um, if you're a big fan of... If you're a big fan of Game of Thrones, House of the Dragon, it is astounding. I freaking love House of the Dragon. It takes, and like I've said before on another podcast, and wow, I'm referring to a lot of other podcasts. House of the Dragon takes place, I believe, 150 years before Daenerys Targaryen and the original Game of Thrones cast is is born. The last two episodes have been cliffhanging and waiting for this season finale, which happens this coming Sunday. And oh my goodness, am I excited. There was a lot revealed, and I'm not going to spoil everything. But the Greens, a.k.a. the High Towers, if you've watched the show, you know what the Green means. I really don't know if they're going to get their asses handed to them or they're setting something up. Like, this, it is it is such a mind... I love how it twists your mind and just says, okay, every single episode you're coming back for more, you're wanting to be there. It's great. It is, it is fantastic. The ninth episode of the Game of Thrones series is usually kind of one of those pinnacles of where it's gonna, everything comes into, there's so much action, there's a big plot twist, there's a lot happening. And I'll tell you, you got to wait for the plot twist at the end of this ninth episode of House of the Dragon. But oh my gosh, once you see it, it is fantastic. And the whole, the whole entire episode is just a big mystery plot. 
Like, you understand everything that's going on, but you don't know where everybody falls. You don't know how everything gets involved. I mean, it it, it takes a dark path. Like, it, it sets everything up for the future. It sets everything up for Season 2. We should be able to see kind of what happens in this 10th episode. I will say this. A lot more dragons will get revealed in the last episode is what I've seen. So, if you're a Game of Thrones fan then you will be able to get it, get into it. So there's nine episodes on HBO Max. You should be able to get the 10th one this Sunday, and it should be a lot of fun. I also did see a teaser for the new Deadpool 3 movie, and yes, if you haven't seen it yet, this is not a spoiler. It probably is, but Hugh Jackman is returning. I don't know what his Wolverine role is going to be or what the hell is going to be going on with that, but Hugh Jackman's coming back because there was a cameo that Hugh Jackman did with Ryan Reynolds where Ryan Reynolds was sitting on a couch talking about Deadpool 3 that they were just kind of wrapping up filming and everything, and it should be out. So there you go. If you're a Deadpool fan, which I love Deadpool. I'm a big Marvel fan, but if you love Deadpool, it's it's coming out. Marvel released its whole new lineup that it's got going on after this whole... Um, coming up in the rest of the year, Wakanda Forever is coming out, um, I believe, sooner this year. And then, yeah, that's that's pretty much the movie standpoint. It's just everything is kind of coming out with new movies. Halloween Ends came out on HBO Max. I still have yet to watch it. I, I really want to watch it, but at the same time, if Michael Myers doesn't die in this one, I'm going to be so sad just because they're going to beat a dead horse and they're going to do it if they keep doing Friday the 13th Remix or remakes, um, there's a new Hellraiser movie that came out. I haven't. I watched the original Hellraiser a little bit. I didn't really get into it. I would like to try to watch it and go back and compare with the new one, or go forward and compare with the new one. But yeah, otherwise, movies, that's kind of your rundown. And I wanted to kind of differentiate the podcast a little bit, just because we have been talking a lot about sports in these last couple of episodes. Couple episodes we have been dealing with a lot of, of it is big sports time. Like, it's huge. The NFL is in full swing right now. The MLB postseason, which I wanted to kind of talk about first because that that is closing down. The MLB postseason is coming down to the wire. As of right now, if you are a Yankees fan, you're happy because you beat Cleveland. Garrett Cole is happy. He got to, the Yankees did the whole baby thing after winning, uh, winning the ALDS. And so now you're facing the Houston Astros, and the Astros right now are winning 3-1. to one. It's in the top of the seventh. If you're a Phillies fan, you beat the Atlanta Braves, who was a favorite to win the World Series again, besides the Dodgers. They were, they were favored to come out on the National League side. The Dodgers were definitely number one, but if you had to pick with the Braves, you picked a great, consistent team. You picked a team that made good moves during the trade deadline and in the offseason. They lost Freddie Freeman. They picked up Matt Olson. They had Austin Riley, his back came alive. Dansby Swanson came alive. Acuna was still doing good. You had a very good bullpen. It just sometimes does not work out in your favor in baseball, and that's how it goes. The Phillies, on the other hand, by God, the Phillies are cruising. Cruising. Postseason so far this year, the Phillies 6-3 over the Cardinals, 2-0 in the wild card, and they ended up going 2-0. With the Braves, they dropped one game, 3-0. Otherwise, it was a 3-1 victory for the Phillies. You come into San Diego now, and it's 1-1. You beat the Phillies last night. Schwarber hit a bomb, or on Wednesday night. The or Kyle Schwarber, good Lord, I can't get my tongue untwisted here. 
Kyle Schwarber hit a 488-foot nuke that even Bryce Harper dropped his jaw on. I mean, if you have not seen this nuke, it is just, oh, chef kiss. Holy shit. Schwarber got every bit of this U Darvish slider that was hung over the middle. The Phillies in game two, 8-5. I, I figured that the bats of San Diego were not going not gonna to slump. And that was the biggest thing, too, is last week on the last episode, I called a Braves win the series in five. Phillies ended up taking it in four. Me and Kenny both, I believe, called the Braves in four, or the Braves in five. Then the Dodgers, Kenny said he had the Dodgers in four. Well, the Padres decided that they just wanted to sweep the whole entire series and say bye-bye to L.A. So the Padres get their crosstown rival out of there. Or state rival, I should say. I'm good with geography, but you know what? I'm, I'm really questioning if it's crosstown or not. So if somebody's listening to this and decides they want to message us on the good old gram and say, yeah, by the way, Nick, you're kind of dumb, I will not take offense because I have been known to spit out on my other podcast, No Place Like Omaha, spit out unfactual information from time to time. I try to correct myself as much as possible, and I don't mean to spit out the unfactual information. So there you go. I have defense. Roll with it, people. Anyways, <clears throat> So now you come into a pivotal game two or a pivotal game three here to try to take the lead. This is going to be at home in Philly because you were the lower seed. San Diego was higher. So now the Phillies have a game at home. And this should be great because Phillies fans are going to be ecstatic. I mean, they, they are really Philly fans are are high on the wire. Now, Noah pitched tonight in this game on Thursday night, lost eight to five. Like I said, series tied one one. So the Phillies are out NOLA for a little bit. The Yankees, on the other hand, decided that they wanted to make Cleveland a little bit scared. They they really wanted to take it to them. So the Yankees ended up having the having postponed two games. They lost two straight to Cleveland, one at home in New York and then one on the road, and then they ended up being able to pick up another win on the road, come back at home, win in New York, 5-1. Yankees bats are still alive. Aaron Judge had a home run as well during this entire ALC, or ALDS. And this Yankees lineup, I think, is personally still one of the best in baseball. I think just as a team overall, this is one of the best teams in baseball. And obviously right now, record-wise, besides the Astros, I believe, which I'm currently looking, somebody's muffler is loud. The Yankees are now the only team left that has 99 wins. The Astros are the only team left that have 100. So there you go. But currently right now, like I said, it is to 3-1 in the bottom of the seventh inning for the Astros. Now, I have a dilemma because I picked the Mariners to win, and I picked the Yankees to win, I believe. I can't remember, go back, but now the Astros won, Mariners are out. So Nick has Nick has really slumped. I was like 0 for 4, I think, or I was 1 for one for 4. So that, that that's bad. My picks have just not been good in MLB postseason. But that's okay, because we got plenty more time. I, I, you know what? I'm going to hold off from refraining on a pick, even though I really don't want to. I still think that the Yankees will win, beat the Astros in this revenge series. I think that the Yankees are just too much to handle. I know that the Houston Astros are, are right now the best team in baseball, but still, I think that the way the Yankees have been playing, they've picked it back up. Their pace is good. I think that that pitching staff and offense will be able to get it done. I also think that Philly will be able to beat San Diego. 
I think that the Phillies' offense is just way too hot right now that you cannot stop them. Schwarber is hitting out of his mind. Harper's still hitting good as well. So if you can continue to hit like you have been during this entire postseason, I think Philadelphia takes it. And I think we're going to get a Phillies-Yankees World Series, and that would be insane because it would be two teams on the East Coast. And so that would be really nice to kind of see just because it hasn't been back to the East Coast in a while. So, there you have it. I've got the Phillies, and I've got the Yankees in the World Series. We're going to hold off on a winner here, because the last time I tried to predict it all the way through, I said that the Braves were going to win, and that didn't happen. So, MLB talk, done. Hopping into the good old NFL, <clears throat> which we've been sitting in, and I've loved having Kenny sit in on this conversation, and thank you for Dr. Jack. You've been, you've been a great guest when talking about NFL. Throwing it back to last week, since we got plenty of time, my boss texted me, Nick doesn't got to get up in the morning. Holy cow. I don't got to get up. And I'm sad. I love hunting. But I get to sleep a little bit. I get to experience it. I get to be okay. So, if you were a Commanders fan, beat the Bears. We talked about that last week. Well, it was a 12-7 game. Thursday night football this year. Very uneventful. What will tomorrow's Thursday night football like? look like between the Saints and the Cardinals. We don't know. Will there be a touchdown scored in the first half? We freaking hope so. Cardinal or er, uh Falcons over the 49ers 28 to 14 and this was the fun thing. Big teams lost last week. It was huge. Falcons ended up beating the 49ers like I said 28 to 14. Jimmy Garoppolo still doing Jimmy Garoppolo things. He was 29 to 41, 296 yards, two TDs, no interceptions. If you were a Kyle Pitts person like me, when you have him in fantasy and you thought that he wasn't going to be able to play that much, well, he picked up a touchdown and he proved us wrong. He's now back in my lineup for fantasy. Let's see how that goes for me. So, Pitts did good. Good to have him back in Atlanta. New England, kind of figuring it out a little bit. 38-15 to 15 over the Browns. And then Zippy. Zappy. For the Patriots, becoming the new quarterback. He had 300 yards. He was 24-34 with two touchdowns. Why does my mouse choose to do this when I'm trying to do a show? And everybody is texting me today. Good golly. All right, the Jets ended up beating the Packers 27-10. to That was huge. The Jets kind of looking like they have a reasonable team. Zach Wilson playing good. Brees Hall is a running back. Fantastic pickup for the Jets. He has really helped this offense grow. He's helped it make it a two-dimensional team, and they're able to kind of start working and putting up numbers. They're 4-2 and two on the year, 3-0 and oh on the road. That is huge. The Jets are kind of picking it up. Beware. Colts end up beating a very good Jaguars team, and they're tr- Colts are trying to figure it out. But here's the thing. In this 34-27 win, Matt Ryan threw the ball. He was 42-58. of 58. As a quarterback... Your arm is falling off. I throw 100 pitches in a game and my arm hurts. Like, holy cow. Matt Ryan. Good for you, buddy. Three touchdowns on the day for Matt Ryan. Travis Etienne did not have a touchdown in that game for Jacksonville. He was kind of stuffed a little bit by that Colts defense. Vikings end up picking up a win in Miami on the road. They are 5-1. and one. The NFC North better just hold on to your butts. As Sam L. Jackson says in Jurassic Park, hold on to those butts because they are powering through. Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins has a team. You've got Dalvin Cook as a running back. You've got Thielen. 
and then you got Justin Jefferson on offense. Holy shit. Are the Vikings stacked or what? I mean, you could you can argue this and say, okay, well, they're they're five and they're five and one, they're doing pretty good. Justin Jefferson, if you cover him, you're you're really not you're not doing much. Well, sure enough, you still got Smith Jr. as well on that outside end. I mean, you're you're set. The Vikings have a potential chance to be a team in the NFC North that just they run a little bit with it. They've beaten the Packers so far in the NFC North. They've beaten the Lions. They've beaten the Bears. They beat everybody in their division so far this year, and they've done it pretty handily. Twenty-three to seven over the Packers. Twenty-four to twenty-eight or twenty-eight to twenty-four over the Lions. That wasn't very handily. Sorry. Twenty-nine to twenty-two with the Bears. Defense played a big part in that game against the Bears. Offense was firing on all cylinders. The Bears kind of decided to make a comeback, but still, defense ends up winning championships. They ended up winning the game against the Bears. And then you come into a decent Miami Dolphins team, 24-26. You've got the Arizona Cardinals coming up next week on noon on Sunday. Then you've got the Commanders. Then you've got the Bills. The Bills will probably, in my opinion, be the biggest test for you as a Vikings team. How can you deal with adversity in a team that you could possibly face it in a Super Bowl if you get there? If the Vikings want a chance to be in the Super Bowl, the Bills is is the team to take down. In my personal opinion, the Bills is the team that they need to take down. Now, on the other side of that, the Giants as well are looking really good. Looking at the rest of the schedule for the Vikings, they do have the Giants here kind of towards the tail end of the season. Excuse me, a little bit of allergies. The Giants ended up beating a very uh, beating the Ravens. Second half defense continuing to struggle for Baltimore. Their second half defense is just horrible. You can't you can't buy a stop. The Ravens' defense plays good for the first two quarters, and then all of a sudden they just kind of shit the bed towards the end of this, and poor RC, he, if he hears this, I'm sorry, dude. Ravens' defense needs to step it up a little bit. Lamar Jackson played pretty good, but made a couple of bad throwing decisions there at the end. The Giants are 5-1. and one. They are looking like a team that wants to compete and be back and say no more in that NFC least. Like, it is it is nice. Daniel Jones, 19-27. Last week, two touchdowns, no interceptions. Saquon Barkley, 83 yards on the ground, one touchdown. Saquon Barkley is a force to be reckoned with while he is on the ground. So the Giants, they're looking to kind of step it up. We'll break into their Week 7 game here in just a bit. Bengals, Saints. Bengals pick up another win. They're 3-3 three and three on the year now, kind of cooking with a little bit of peanut oil. 30-26 to 26 over the Saints. Joe Burrow kind of looking like a little bit more of Joe Shiesty instead of Joey on the ground. The Steelers beat Tom Brady and the Bucks, and this was the funniest thing. Um, I'm going to say it because it's out on everywhere on social media. Tom Brady walked up to his offensive line, literally screamed at them, and said, I did not leave my wife and kids just to be fucking losing to Kenny Pickett, and I'll tell JC we got an F-bomb. Fucking losing to Kenny Pickett at half. Well, you didn't just lose to him at half, Tom Brady. You lost the whole game, and Kenny Pickett is kind of coming up, and the Steelers might have a new quarterback. And I said this. I said this earlier this year. Kenny Pickett could be the guy to step up for Pitt, and he could be a guy that transforms this team, and he's got a win against Tom Brady and the Bucks. 
I don't know what you want me to say. I might clap my own hands. I might pat my own self on the back. I'm going to do it because I called it. Granted, it's not the end of the season, and the Steelers only have two wins on the year. But it is okay. I'm calling it for right now. They're not going to be a they are not going to be a playoff team by any means, but Kenny Pickett could be a guy to turn the turn the Steelers back around. Rams end up beating the Panthers and Baker Mayfield. Oof. Uh, a hurting Baker Mayfield. 24 to 10. The Rams trying to keep going on. Stafford still trying to lead his team back from a Super Bowl victory to not have a Super Bowl slump or a championship slough as they call it. Seahawks end up beating the Cardinals 19 to 9. Bills take one away from the Chiefs in a playoff early meeting between two great teams. Bills move to 5 and 1 on the year. Chiefs move to 4 and 2. 24 to 20. And I mean it was a it was a battle back and forth and I mean Josh Allen and the Bills getting it done, getting some revenge. Eagles end up taking the Cowboys on Sunday night 26 to 17. Eagles still the only undefeated team in the NFL. Now, most people thought that there might be another team that would be undefeated in the NFL at this point, but no. They there is not. There is not. And Cooper Rush kind of finally showed that he was human. He had three interceptions last week against the Philly defense, who showed up big. Philly's defense was stopping. Gave up two late touchdowns in the third and fourth quarter, but, I mean, still, throughout that entire game, you had 20 points in the second quarter, showing also why the Eagles in the second quarter are the best offense in the NFL. Second point or Second quarter points for the Eagles has just been absolutely just astounding this year. That's where they do most of their scoring, but that's also just where they, they dominate. Offensively and defensively. Three points for the Cowboys in the second quarter. Both teams shut out in the first, and then the Eagles only get a couple of field goals late in the fourth, and that put them on top and ends up taking the game. Cooper Rush, I still think, could replace Dak Prescott. I still think that Cooper Rush is going to be able to be that guy that they can fall upon if, if Dak gets hurt again or slips up. Cooper Rush was bound to have a slip up. Matt Fitzpatrick, back when he was with the Dolphins, was bound to have a slip-up. I mean, all these new guys that come in and just decide that they want to play ball and just ball out for a couple of weeks. And I'm not saying that they can't do it consistently because Cooper Rush and Matt Fitzpatrick did it consistently. All I'm saying is they're bound to have a stumble. And that's sports. That's the way life goes. You can only play with house money for so long before it kind of runs out. Sometimes it gets you to a championship and you win it, and the next year you just struggle. Sometimes you get through the season, you get to a championship, and then it's like, okay, not all the cards are on the table. Somebody beat us, or we beat ourselves. Cooper Rush just made a couple of bad throwing decisions. One of them was double coverage. But at the same time, Cooper Rush is still a quarterback that I think Dallas can fall on. Also, Philly's defense is pretty damn good. Oh, good Lord, I don't want to talk about this. It's going to hurt my head. and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to report the Kenny concept on this. Sorry, that was a little too much ASMR. The Broncos are playing Pee Wee football. Dr. Jack will be happy that I said it. They are playing Pee Wee football. Russell Wilson does not look like Russell Wilson ever did. Like, even freshman year of college, Russell Wilson would say that Russ does not look like Russ. He is missing wide-open targets. The Broncos' offense is bubble screening and then thinking that because they have an offensive line that can't block that we can just throw the ball on the outside of it and it's just going to pick up yards. No, it's freaking not. The Chargers and Justin Herbert. Justin Herbert had a little bit of a dilemma. 
Justin Herbert was kind of struggling. Game goes into overtime. There was a controversial call, which I see both ways here. I see that the defense did not fully hit the punt returner for the Broncos, and the ball was muffed. But at the same time, if kick catch interference by the rule, he granted didn't touch him, but he sure as hell shoved that lineman right into the return man. So there could have been a kick catch interference on that. If you want to fight me on it, by all means, please do. Because I would I would love to hear your opinion on it and why it wouldn't be and why it is. If you agree with me, please let me know. If you don't, you don't. And I would love to hear your point on that. And I would probably agree with you on why it does not. Because I'm hit or miss on it. But as a Bronco fan, yeah, I'm a little salty about it. So, the Broncos ended up falling once again after coming out scoring. They got in the red zone. Russ got in the red zone in the first quarter. And then couldn't couldn't find it. Or got in the end zone, but then couldn't find it. It, it, it's like it's it's almost like that one guy that gets lucky and decides and picks up a picks up a, a beautiful girl at a bar he he's been trying and trying and trying and finally gets lucky gets to go home and just gets gets to talk to her tries to date her for two weeks and then all of a sudden bam dropped ghosted bye because all of a sudden you do something weird or you do something that she doesn't like and then bye Like, dude, Russ cannot find, he can't score. It's hard to watch because Russell Wilson was so good at scoring with Seattle. But now with Denver, it is a struggle. And Denver's offense in general struggled to find the red zone even last year without Russ. So, moving into this week's games. Coming up tomorrow night on Thursday, October 20th, Saints-Cardinals. Battle of two and fours. The Cardinals have a losing record at home, and by losing, I mean 0-3. The Cardinals have struggled at their own home turf in Arizona. Kyler Murray so far this season still doing some Kyler Murray things. He's got six touchdowns on the year so far. We will see what happens. I've got him in fantasy, and I've got Taysom Hill on the same team in fantasy, so we'll see how that goes on one league. It should be interesting to watch. I'm excited. We'll, We'll see if I'm able to watch most of that game, or, well, prime video if you got it. Sunday, the noon matchups. Falcons, Bengals, Lions, Cowboys, Colts, Titans. I've got something in my eye. I don't know what it is. Colts, Titans, Packers, Commanders, Bucks, Panthers at noon as well. Giants, Jags, Browns, Ravens. Yeah, all at noon. Should be some, hopefully some decent games. I would like to think that there could be on that one as I crack open another Oktoberfest here. I'm really sad that I couldn't couldn't do the the tab pop like I normally do, but then again, sometimes you got to do what you, what you got to do. So, Lions Cowboys, the Lions are still a, a, an okay team. It'll be interesting to see how Cooper Rush is able to kind of bounce back after last week. Joe Burrow looking for another win, and the Bengals are just kind of looking to continue to get Back on a little bit of a pace here. They won two in a row against the Jets and the Dolphins. Ended up dropping one to the Ravens. And then now one against the Saints this last weekend. See if they can pick up another two in a row and kind of get back on track. Falcons looking to kind of build off that San Francisco win from last week. Colts, Titans, battle of three and two. Matt Ryan looking to continue to stay consistent and get win number four in a row. Matt Ryan and the Colts are are look, or Matt, or three in a row. And they've already lost to the Titans so far this season. So it'll be interesting to see what the rematch is. And this one is in Tennessee. 
Packers and the Commanders. Aaron Rodgers just looking to looking to get some help. That's all Aaron Rodgers is looking to do. He's got Randall Cobb. He he does have Al Lazard on the outside. He's got Aaron Jones as well. But at the same time, oh my goodness. Aaron Rodgers is just it, it's a struggle in Green Bay. But then again, nobody thought the Jets would be 4 and 1 this year. They thought they would be okay, but the Jets are 4 and 1. The Packers are looking to try to get back up and kind of take control of the NFC North. Commanders, have fun. Just go, go have fun. Don't got much. Don't got much to say about the good old Washington Commanders. I do have a thing to say about Curtis Samuel, though. Curtis Samuel has not. He does not have. He had good hands kind of earlier in the last two weeks that I started him in fantasy, but in week six and five, boy, has he dropped a lot. Curtis Samuel has struggled a little bit catching the ball. Get him some stick em. Get him some new gloves. The Bucks and the Panthers should be an easy win for Tom Brady and the Bucks. but then again, we said that about Tom Brady and the Steelers, but then again, Baker Mayfield and this Panther offense, you cannot just rely on Christian McCaffrey. Baker Mayfield, bud, you're struggling, and I hate to see it because I love you as a competitor. I didn't like you at Oklahoma because I was a Texas and a Nebraska fan, so that, that blood runs deep. But I like you as a competitor. I love your swagger. I love that the way that you carry yourself on the field when you know that you are winning. I want to see Baker Mayfield winning again. I truly hate Baker not winning. And it, I could be wrong in saying that, but I truly hate to see Baker not winning because I like the way that he plays with passion and is very competitive, and I love just his nature. Granted, sometimes it is a little showboaty and a little douchey. But at the same time, you got to do what you got to do when you're on the field. you got to play how you can. Baker Mayfield, please get back to that. That's all I got to say. It's it's hard. And Panthers fans were probably thinking the same thing that some Broncos fans were thinking about Russ getting in. We're going to rebuild. We're going to be this. We're going to be that. And nope, Panthers are back back down. I still think you could be doing better than when you had Cam Newton, though. Even though you got to a Super Bowl, at least Baker will try to fall on the football. Giants, Jags, Giants looking to continue their winning winning so far this season at 5-1. Trevor Lawrence and the Jags continuing to try to build. They're 2-4 and four on the year. They're, they're looking to build. Travis Etienne taking most of the snaps at running back, and I like that, that call. That's two Clemson alums on offense. It works well. I think that Jacksonville has the good building blocks to be able to kind of move themselves up. But the Giants are also a team right now. Defensively, they're playing really well. Offensively with Saquon Barkley. And now you've got Zippy in, in the backfield because Jones is hurt. But he has proven to step up. He's been he's been the Cooper Rush for the or for the Giants. Let's see if they can do that on the road against this Jacksonville Jaguar team. Browns, Ravens. I actually kind of like the Browns in this one and Jacoby Brissett. Because I personally think the Ravens in the second half will not be able to hold Nick Chubb and Brissett. I, I just don't. The Ravens in the second half are horrible. They 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 allow way too many points. They they allow too many big plays to get through. Broncos, Jets, the Jets are four and three. The Broncos are two and four. If the Broncos cannot find the end zone, that's out. So I'm I'm kind of going with the J E T S Jets, Jets, Jets. As a Bronco fan, I'm still gonna cheer for you. I'm gonna want you to win. But on the podcast, because I know it's question it's a questionable choice, I am not gonna be a bandwagon or not gonna be a bias. I will pick the better team at this point, and I do believe that that is the Jets at the moment record-wise. Do I believe that the Broncos are a much better team that they are putting on the field? Oh, absolutely, I do. Absolutely. 
the Broncos defensively this year are so far within within their rights a very, very good defense. Passing-wise, they have a very good secondary. They don't allow a lot of big pass plays. Running-wise, hit or miss. But defensively, that is what has kept Denver in games and given them opportunities. The offense has not been able to do that. And I, I think that if you cannot score against a Jets team who is 3-0 on the road, and granted, you're playing at mile high, which is a tough environment to play in in the NFL, but I think personally if you have a Jets team that is this good and consistent on the road, then you should be able to find a way to win if you are wearing green and white. So, moving now. Texans, Raiders. I've got the Raiders. Derek Carr, Josh Jacobs, Devontae Adams, that offense is definitely way too good to be 1-4. They just struggle against themselves and beat themselves with too many penalties. And defensively, they struggle, but penalties have been the biggest key thing in not being able to get the offense going after that. That's been huge for the Raiders. But I think you get a win against the Texans this week, get to 2-4, and and kind of try to find your way moving forward. Seahawks, Chargers. I think the Chargers are able to keep their winning streak bouncing back. Justin Herbert still looks really good. He's got 10 touchdowns on the year. 10 touchdowns. So far, Patrick Mahomes, looking at it, has been the person with the most touchdowns um, on the board. He's got 17. Chiefs, Niners coming your way. Jimmy Garoppolo facing a very big test in a Chiefs defense. I think that the Chiefs are going to win this one. I would love to see Jimmy G do it and push push the Chiefs down even farther. But you know what? I think Jimmy G is going to face a little bit of some adversity here with this Chiefs, Chiefs defense. And Mahomes as a quarterback is just really good. That sounds so cliche, and it doesn't sound exactly like that I know that I'm talking about sports, but I do. Patrick Mahomes is just good. <laughs> it's so it's it's hard to take myself seriously sometimes because I'm sitting here doing a podcast alone saying that Patrick Mahomes is just good. Patrick Mahomes is a freak of nature. Is that what you guys want me to say? Patrick Mahomes is is just, God said, here, you are athletic, go play football. Patrick Mahomes is fun to watch. He really is. He's a great great quarterback to watch. It's fun to watch him in the NFL against Josh Allen. It's fun to just watch him against anybody. Just to see the the trickery that he plays out. Just to see the amount of, what the hell did he just do? How is this successful? It, it that's, that's what Mahomes does. He makes you wonder what the hell is going on. And then he was like, oh shit, he completed that pass. He got the first down. Touchdown. Somebody explain to me what this man did. This is some black magic going on here. The witches are here. Oh, my Lord. So, Steelers, Dolphins. I've got the Dolphins. Actually, you know what? No, I'm going to take Kenny Pickett on the road. The Dolphins at home last week got stepped on by the Vikings. I think that, granted, this offense is good, but I still think that the Steelers and Kenny Pickett, I want to see what happens. I want to see what happens. So, I got the Steelers in that one. Going to bounce up to 3-4 and on the year. Monday night coming up, Bears, Pats. I think that Zippy and the Patriots are going to take this one. The Bears are looking okay, but Justin Fields and that Bears that Bears team, Justin Fields, if he doesn't find an offensive line quicker, if they don't figure out how to actually block in practice, boy, howdy is that man going to be off that field super quick, and boy, howdy are you going to be looking for a new quarterback in the draft because he won't stay healthy. That, that's it. That's all I got for that. Pats take the... Bears on Monday night. Don't know a score, but the Pats are going to take the Bears on a Monday night. 
Bills, Rams, Vikings, Eagles fans, you all have a bye week, so you all get to scream at your fantasy teams as much as you want. Bills Mafia, I bet you're still going to party, and if you don't, I'm going to be really sad. I would love to go to a Bills Mafia party just to see what the environment is like and just to be there and be like, hey, I went to a party with Bills Mafia. I was I was good. It was fun. So, moving right along with that, we're going to hop into one of my favorite segments because there kind of is a lot to talk about with this so far this week. There's a bit, there's a big, a big, big thing. A big, 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 big thing. I need to rehydrate. Big, 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 big thing. I also have to respond to my boss because he did send me a text. All right. So, if you did not see it last week, then you live under a rock. If you have not been on Twitter or TikTok and you are a fan of the show and you are a fan of sports or just in general you wanted to see something funny and you did not see this, you live under a rock or you do not have a phone, and I'm sorry, I called it. A lot of people called it, but I'm happy I called it and I called it on the show last week and you can go find it. You can find it on the Instagram because by golly I put it there because it was going to be a hot take. I don't know why I just did that. That okay. That's I I so apologize for that. That was <laughs> Moving on. If you are from good old state of Tennessee and you are a fan of good old Rocky Top, it was blaring in Knoxville. And you were having the best freaking night of your life. You finally beat Alabama. And by beat, yes, you only beat them by three. But you made Alabama just look scared. You made Nick Saban look like freaking Satan had just stabbed him. Nick Saban was on Bama's ass the entire night. On just a tyrant rage. Oh, I loved every bit of it. It was so funny to see this man just light up crimson red in his face, not knowing what to do. And granted, the final score of this game was 52-49. to And I said last week that if Tennessee wants a chance at legitimacy and they have a team to beat, it is Bama, I think that they can do it. So far. Because I bet they need to beat Georgia as well. And looking at their schedule, they have Georgia coming up in three weeks. They've got UT Martin. They've got Kentucky, and they've got Georgia. But here's the biggest thing about Tennessee. When you go into the college football playoffs, when the committee actually takes its first stand within two weeks here, Pitt was ranked 17th. You beat a ranked Pitt team. Florida, who's been in in and out of the top 25 this year, you beat Florida 38-33. LSU, who last week I said they played some mediocre football. And my dad told me this. I, I We were sitting in the middle of sports page in Indianola after moving up some stuff. And I said, they were beating Florida and beat Florida. And I said, damn, I hate myself. And he goes, why? And I said, because LSU, I said last week, was playing mediocre football. And they just did not look like LSU. And he goes, yeah, that's true. Because they didn't. They have not. They've still won four games now. Or they won four games. But LSU has just not looked like LSU. And granted, yes, they don't have Joe Burrow. They didn't have Coach O. But, like, LSU is, is now 5-2. and two. 
three and one in the SEC, and they're third in the SEC West. Ole Miss took over the SEC West after Bama lost, and I would hope Ole Miss continues to stay there. But now LSU comes back and steamrolls Florida, but they lost to Tennessee. But they're still ranked. They'll be ranked in the SEC. They'll be or they'll be ranked in the top twenty-five. Then you just beat the number three team in the country, who rightfully so at the beginning of the year was ranked number one. But at the same time, Alabama this year, and I will say it week in, week out, no matter if they win, doesn't matter who they beat, because they've had a lot of close games this year. They've had sloppy games this year. Alabama does not look like Bama. Alabama is is struggling. They're still winning games. And don't get me wrong, because I guarantee you Alabama will find a way to make a New Year's Six, and they won't find a way. They will make a New Year's Six Bowl. But Alabama this year has just not played played, played consistently good. They beat Utah State 55 to nothing, but they almost lost and pretty much did lose to Texas 20 to 19. But they picked up the win. You beat Louisiana Monroe. Good for you. I would hope if Alabama lost that, there would be a party wherever Louisiana Monroe is. And yes, it's Louisiana. It's in Monroe. But I just really don't know where that is. You beat Vanderbilt. Good for you. Vanderbilt, bottom of the SEC. Good for you. Arkansas. You beat a very good Arkansas team. I will give you that 49 to 26. Texas A&M continues to give you fits. Jimbo Fisher at Texas A&M continuing to give you fits. 24 to 20 with a victory. Pretty much lost there. Then good old Rocky Top, you go to Knoxville. College game day comes back for a second week in a row. The atmosphere is living it up. You lose. Penalties. Turnovers. Multiple turnovers. Defense. Played good. Kind of. 40 or 52 points. The most an Alabama team has allowed since 1907 versus Swearney. Sweeney? Swearney, I think it was. Most points allowed since 1907. And you lost on a duck. The field goal. I'm sorry for Tennessee's kicker, but it was a duck. Alabama had a chance to win that game off field goals and couldn't. Multiple misses and blocks. Oh, my goodness. If you were a Tennessee fan, which a lot of TikTok people were, they were running around houses doing this. But if you hadn't seen it, the goalposts ended up getting taken down after Tennessee rushed the field, all the students and fans. Tennessee was fined $100,000 and had to replace the goalposts. Because you know why? Because it ended up in the damn Tennessee. It ended up in the river. That's right. They no longer have a field goal post. It ended up in the river. Now, Smokey is sitting there petting the field, the new field goals. And so, yeah, Tennessee ends up beating. Sorry. Tennessee ends up beating Alabama 52-49. to 49. Moves them up now in the rankings. Moves them up big. They were at six. They are now at three. And granted, three is, three is big for Tennessee. Three is huge for Tennessee. Because Tennessee has not been here for a while. Tennessee is is making uh, making their presence known. And I appreciate it. Because somebody else in the SEC needs to. Somebody else in college football needs to be up there. Granted, I hate that it's another SEC team. But it's a team that hasn't been here in a while. Volunteer Nation is, is cheering. Ohio State is number two. Georgia is still the undisputed number one at the moment. Michigan is four in the country. They knocked off a te- uh, number 10 Penn State team that is very good. Clifford Franklin. Or, yeah, Franklin back in the backfield as well. So, Michigan. 
Very, very, very good team this year. Defensively and all, all across the board. They've got a good quarterback. They they have kind of found their quarterbacking weapon in the in the good old name of J.J. McCarthy, who is young. But J.J. McCarthy so far on the year for college football, 1,200 yards of passing, pretty much at 1,300. He's at 20, or he's at 1,297. Nine touchdowns, only two picks as a sophomore. Coming into a Michigan team who has somewhat struggled with quarterbacking issues, and I wouldn't really say quarterbacking issues, but just quarterback consistency. Well, it should be. It is an issue. But quarterback consistency is the biggest thing. Because you you have not... Hold on. I'm just. I'm also just realizing this. Clifford Franklin is from the movie The Replacements. Clifford Franklin is not Penn State's quarterback. It's Sean Clifford. What the hell? Where did I get Clifford Franklin? I got Clifford from... You know what? I'm just... Don't don't ask. Just, just, just let me ramble. Just let me go. But no, if you're looking at it, Michigan has now found a quarterback that is able to kind of get the job done and f- and figure where they need to go. And so far, they needed to go 7-0 and this this year. And they have done a very good job of being able to go 7-0 and this year and being able to produce a good team on the field every single week consistently. You have Michigan State coming up, who is not going to be... They might punch you in the face just because it's Michigan State and this game is usually somewhat tough, but I think Michigan wins this. I think Michigan consistently wins the rest of the season. Rutgers, they got it. Rutgers is 0-3 in the Big Ten. Nebraska lost a heartbreaker, another one-point loss to Purdue so far th- or within this last week in South Bend, but Nebraska is looking better under Mickey Joseph. Nebraska is looking a lot better. They're looking like they are kind of over the hump. Another one-point game punched them in the face, but they are kind of getting a confidence back. Now, my parents talked about this as well. Scott Frost said before he got fired, if we can find a way to win one, we could be dangerous because it's a matter of stringing them together. They strung up two wins together. Now they just need to try to get back to the three. As it is quoted in Major League, if you win one game, great. If you win two, that's called a winning streak. It has happened before, Nebraska people. It has. Back to the Michigan statement. You you pretty much beat Nebraska, and that's at home in Ann Arbor. A number-ranked 18 Illinois team who now has control of the Big Ten West. Illinois gives you fits. I don't think it happens. I think that the game that you do lose, but the game that could be the biggest chance, and again, once your your playoff contention, because if you lose this, you are out, in my opinion. Ohio State. Because both of you are in the Big Ten East. Whoever wins this controls the Big Ten East because you do not have a tiebreaker. But Ohio State and Michigan tend to punch each other in the face in this one, and it goes either way. Last year, Michigan finally won. And by punch each other in the face, I mean this game is a brutal dogfight until the the final zeros hit the fourth quarter scoreboard. Like, Ohio State this year, though, with the team that they have, is nuts. CJ Stroud is nuts. Williams on the in the backfield, nuts. Vine Smith Jigba on the outside edge. Nuts. Ohio State has a team to potentially win Ryan Day and Natty. 
Georgia stands in your way. Tennessee stands in your way at the moment. Michigan stands in your way at the moment. You have a team that, though consistently, could be a be a natty team. Be there or be square. Clemson at six. They get a win over Florida State. They are 7-0 and on the air. Bama drops all the way down to six. I said that they should have been there a long time ago. Now they get their just desserts. Ole Miss gets up two spots after picking up a big win. TCU undefeated, taking down Oklahoma State. The Big 12 looking to kind of see what the Horn Frogs can do. This is gonna this is gonna be an interesting Big 12 Big 12 conference for the rest of the year. You've got TCU's 3-0, 6-0 overall. K-State, who's 3-0 in the Big 12, and Adrian Martinez has not turned the ball over once this year in a K-State uniform. Knock on wood. Because I don't know, like I said before, I don't know if this was just Nebraska being at where he was and having to run so much and making decisions with the football, or if this is just Adrian Martinez, this is where he needed to be to be successful. He seemed to be playing better than what we knew at Nebraska. He has not turned the ball over yet this year. K-State, 5-1 overall. Texas, 5-2 overall with a loss um, early in the Big 12. But they're 3-1. They ended up beating Iowa State. Oklahoma State, 5-1-2-1 in the Big 12. I I think those four teams are set to flip-flop the entire rest of the year. I think that TCU could be a team. They've got K-State coming up this week. That's going to be huge. That's going to be a college football game of the week right there. That's going to be at 7 p.m. on Fox Sports 1. If you can find it, I would like to see Adrian Martinez do really good with K-State there. That is going to be at home in Fort Worth. Then you go down the list, and about three weeks after that, you've got Texas on the road in Austin. Then you got Baylor, Iowa State to close it out. You need to beat K-State or Texas to keep your Big 12 hopes alive because if you can beat K-State and lose to Texas... You still have a tie break. And the Big 12 is weird that way. And we'll talk about that more as you kind of get down the road. So, moving right along, number nine, UCLA. They're 6-0. They are unbeaten. Oregon is 5-1 on the year. Oklahoma State, 5-1. USC took a shot to the face, and I also said it last week. USC could be the team in the Pac-12. Utah decides to come back and say, whoa, 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 not so fast, kid. Ends up punching him in the face, 5-2, after... I did. I thought this was absolutely just insane. Utah had a player pass away last year, unexpectedly, and they ended up stunning USC on the day that they wore their player on their helmets. If you have not seen the Utah player helmets from this last year, please go look and do so. This is one of the most just touching but also badass things that a football team has done in my opinion, for an alternate helmet. They put their their passed away player on their helmet with the U. And they ended up winning. And granted, yes, it was probably by the miracle of that and by God being as good as he is. Yes, Utah is a great football team as well. Do not get me wrong on that standpoint. I'm not just putting it on the miracle. But it there there you cannot be rom- how can you not be romantic about sports? There's a lot of great things that happen for teams. But Utah with this made Lincoln Riley a little, or, um, yeah, Lincoln Riley. I'm thinking Mike Riley from Nebraska. Lincoln Riley, a little bit scared of, of the Pac-12. Because taking a look at the Pac-12 standings here, UCLA now holds over. That was USC's first loss on the season. 
So now the Pac-12 is kind of a little bit more on an open board. Oregon and UCLA are the only undefeated teams left in the Pac-12 for football. Moving right down the list here, Wake Forest ends up being 13. Syracuse with a big win in ACC play over NC State. They've got a chance to, to potentially be an ACC powerhouse this year. Utah, like I said, moves up five spots back to 15. Penn State drops six to 16 after being 10th. K-State stays where they are. Illinois hops up six to 18. Kentucky hops up three after a big win last week. Texas hops up two after a win last week. Cincinnati stays where they are. North Carolina finally enters the top 25 after being now ranked at six. And one NC State drops after the loss to Syracuse. Mississippi State drops as well. Tulane, welcome to the top 25. Conference USA with now two teams. Or the American Conference now with two teams in the top 25 makes Cincinnati or Tulane look a little bit sweeter because we've talked about it. I love teams that hop back in and give some fits. So, as we take a look at it this week, on Saturday, Ohio State, number two, takes on Iowa. Should be a win for Ohio State and Columbus. Tennessee, UT Martin, unless UT Martin decides, holy shit, we can beat Tennessee, which they're going to think that they can. They're going to come in playing like they should. Nope. Tennessee steamrolls. Clemson has Syracuse, 5 versus 14. This could be a battle of who wins the ACC, in my opinion. Because taking a look at it, Clemson and Syracuse in the Atlantic. Clemson 5-0 and so far. Syracuse is 3-0. and Clemson looking like the team that they were predicted to be. And Dapple Sweeney and that Tiger defense still pushing strong. DJ Uliungalale, 1,600 yards passing, 17 touchdowns through the air. That's huge. Will Shipley as well, rushing fantastic on the ground. 96 carries, 8 touchdowns on the year as well. Moving right along to that, so Sarah, or Wake Forest is only 1-1 one one in conference play, but Syracuse and Clemson, this could be a battle of who wins the Atlantic. Winner holds the tiebreaker depending on the loss. North Carolina, you are 3-0 in the coastal division of the ACC. Keep up the good work, Tar Heels, Mac Brown. Love seeing Mac Brown be successful. Cincinnati, you've got an SMU team who is historically usually good. Cincinnati better watch out. They are on the road this week. Other ranked games in the top 25. If you're still a Kansas Jayhawk fan, you've got Baylor coming up this week in Big Ten action, Indiana versus Rutgers. Oh, moving down the list, moving down the list. Here we go. Ole Miss, you've got LSU who just took down a Florida Gator team. So if you're going to Death Valley right now, Ole Miss, you better be firing on all cylinders, which I think this Ole Miss offense is, the running Rebels. And that land shark defense. UCLA, you've got Oregon this week. This has a chance to see who controls the Pac-12. I like UCLA in this. Oregon, after losing to Georgia, they have, yes, they've, they've proven a little bit more of their worth, but I really am not, not impressed by the resume besides maybe the BYU win. But even that, I'm still not that impressed. UCLA has a chance to take over the, big, or the Pac-12 and potentially with this, as long as you win over USC, you win it outright. Texas, Oklahoma State in Bedlam, or in Oklahoma, in uh, Stillwater. Should be a very good game there. I think that Quentin Ewers in this Texas offense, when they get it firing on all cylinders, Quentin Ewers is a very good quarterback. He's got a chance to become a future Heisman Trophy winner. The man just look he plays with swagger. He looks like Baker Mayfield and Burn Orange, in my opinion, with the mullet. So, hopping on that train. Wake Forest, number 13, you take on Boston College. Tulane has Memphis. Historically, Memphis has been within the top 25 for a little bit. Mississippi State, Alabama. 
I think Alabama gets a bounce back win, but I don't think Mississippi State and the Dogs make it easy on them. That's in Tuscaloosa. Penn State, you've got Minnesota. A Minnesota team with P.J. Fleck who is looking looking to crack some skulls still. The win over Michigan, a loss to Purdue, a loss to Illinois, but a 26-14 loss to Illinois. Minnesota is still a team that is scary. If you look at the Big Ten West, that Big Ten West is just its scary because no one has a true hold on it. I Illinois and Purdue still have a 3-1 and one win over it, but I still think that they don't have a control. It's not like a... It's not like a Big Ten West with Michigan and Ohio State. Whoever takes that, I think, takes the, the Big Ten East. And Ohio State, you still have to deal with Penn State this year. There, there's a lot going on in that one. You've got three teams. you got four in the Big Ten West looking to kind of take a hold on it and figure that out. As we go down the rest of the list, TCU, you got 17K State. I like TCU in this one. I would love Adrian Martinez to just keep doing what he's doing, slinging guns. South Carolina, you've got Texas A&M this week. East Carolina, UCF, Florida, or Pitt, you've got Louisville, Oregon State, Colorado. And that's pretty much some of the big games going on there. College football is around every single weekend. So if you got a team that you like, check on ESPN, check on ACC, check on Fox, check on ABC, check on everything that you got to watch sports. College football is there. If you've got a team that I should talk about or if you've got a story that you talk about, comment in the Instagram because those posts will be there. As we are going through, it is 4-2 in the bottom of the ninth. That game should be done. That game is in Houston. I don't know why I just read that's weird. 4-2. I believe the Astros did win. I'm going to reload the page just to make sure because it should say, yes, Astros, 4-2. So, there you have it, folks. That is the Covert Show. We covered a lot of movies and we covered some music at the beginning of the show. We got through all of our sports in the solo episode. We're an hour and ten minutes in, ladies and gentlemen. We love doing it for you. Hopefully, JC can get back on the show like we said. we The scheduling has just been hectic. And it's not it's not for lack of trying, folks. We have been trying. But sometimes the cards don't fall where they may, and we just get a lot of scheduling conflicts. Love, JC. Hope we can be both back on the show because I, I do miss him. I miss bouncing back and forth. I miss all our crazy rabbit holes. Me and Kenny have a lot of good rabbit holes, but JC and I have a lot of good rabbit holes, and I miss talking with him. So we've been we've been trying our darndest, and we're gonna be able to get you or get you guys back with him as well. Maybe next time we can let him do solo as well. So without further ado, I am Nick Hendricks, and thank you guys for listening to episode number number forty of the Covert Show. You guys can find clips on the Covert Instagram, which we have been taking over a lot of with JC's schedule. The TikTok is kind of a little bit falling off. I would like to try to get on a hold of that, and I can tell him what. We got, but otherwise, I pretty much run the Instagram a little bit. RC helps me run the Facebook page, and so we're just trying to post everywhere we can. Hopefully, you guys are enjoying the reels that we post as well and the podcast clips. If there's something that you guys want to see on the Instagram that I can try to come up with, let me know. If you guys want to see some pictures of the tree, by golly, I can get you that when we're hunting, when I'm actually doing my my other job. But without further ado, this has been episode number 40 of The Covert Show. You have a great rest of your day, whatever you choose to do, and make sure, like we said, drink responsibly.